Welcome to it. John Scholes here. As always, my good pal Darren Saul is doing all the heavy lifting. Employment lawyer, of course. Sam Fury to mark an LLP to reach out to Darren anytime when we're not doing this hour of radio. You're invited to do so. 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmentlawyer.ca through email. And a website that was built uh, a while back just to make you that much smarter and clear up a lot of confusion on your own time. Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca rolled into that as well is the tool, the severance pay calculator, which was standalone, but now it's all part of Pocket Employment Lawyer. That's a great tool. Millions, I mean, millions of Canadians have tried it out and used it. Some just for interest's sake to see what their severance would be if it ever came down to the time where they were let go. Uh, you can do the same thing. It takes about 30 seconds. It's completely uh, free. An anonymous severance pay calculator. Again, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. But here and now, always taking your, uh, your calls live over the hours, so feel free to pick up a phone now. And talk to us with your uh, employment questions, toll-free, as mentioned, one 399 We'll get into what Darren does for a living, and is the only deal with terminations? We'll, uh, we'll ask, and we'll drill down a little deeper on that in just a bit. But we always start off with the case of the day. Pal, what do you got cooking? Thanks a lot, John. Great to be here. Uh, happy to hear from anyone who wants to call in. Looking forward to it today. Um, so, case, there's been a couple that have been coming across my desk recently, and I, I found myself having the same kind of conversation uh, a couple times over the last few weeks. And so, I thought I'd kind of roll this all into one. I've had a number of people come to me with these consultancy agreements. They, they're kind of drafted like commercial agreements. They're people who are like, listen, I, I come in, I specialize in uh, any number of things for business. So uh, tech consulting, um, you know, marketing, um, recruitment, things like that. And, and they say, well, you know, I, I'm not an employee as far as I know. My, the, my, you know, the guy I'm working for says, no, you're not an employee. You're an independent consultant or, or, or whatever else. Uh, and if I let you go or I terminate the agreement, I don't owe you severance or anything like that. Um, and, and, you know, so I've had a number of people call in and I don't know if it's a summer slowdown, but they've, they've kind of said, well, you know, is that true? Um, and, you know, like with a lot of things, it comes back to your agreement. It also comes back in this case to what you actually do. So a lot of the people I've talked to, they work 40, 60, 80 hours a week for a Damn. single person. You know, they have an office with them. They have, um, you know, they get expenses paid for them if they're doing like recruiting or networking or things like that. If they're looking to market for them, they get those marketing expenses paid. They get a salary, a set salary or whatnot, or they bill for you know, what accounts they sell or, 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 you know, irrespective of how they're being paid, there's a number of indicia there, which, which when I hear these, I mean, out of the last, I think 10, 10 that I fielded, uh, roughly 10 that I fielded over the last three weeks, probably about eight of them, I think wow. are, are going to be, you know, misclassified as uh, independent contractors or, you know, consultants. Uh, that's not its own category, but it's just what people seem to, to lump it all into and, and where they're actually employees. Um, or at least uh, dependent contractors, right? And, and in any event, they get severance. They have an entitlement to severance. And I mean, the reason this is important is um, a lot of these agreements I've found come with things like shares and options. And some people are paid, you know, a small salary or a small stipend with the promise of these shares mm -hmm. and options into the future. And they said, well, you know, if they terminate my agreement and I'm not an employee, I don't get notice. I don't get severance and then I don't get my options. Uh, and that's absolutely not true. In a lot of these cases where, where, you know, this person looks to be more of an employee or is misclassified as a contractor and is in fact an employee, um, they, they do get their shares. You know, I had one, one that I helped. Uh, fairly recently and uh, his notice period ended up being uh, about 16 months. 
um, you know, the, the employer was then on the hook for shares and, and stock options that vested over that 16 month period, which ended up being, you know, a six figure uh, amount. Wow. Whereas this, you know, yeah, I know. And, 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 you know, he was originally told like, you know, you don't get anything because you're, you're a consultant and, and you know, you don't get these because you're not working during this period. So sorry. And he just happened to call. You know, he happened to call in and said, hey, you know what, I'll take my shot. And, and uh, I mean, he's glad he did. I'm glad he did. You know, he was he was very, very happy at the end of that. Um, you know, there was over 100, you know, over 150K there. And, and I think, you know, I, I think that people um, are told things by their employer or they, they you know, they Google some stuff. And, and like I said, like you, you've mentioned always, we got these resources um, on our website that, that people can can go to to try to learn a little more. But I think when it comes to the more complicated things like classifying yourself and stuff, call us, you know, call into the show, call into the, you know, call in and chat, chat with us. You know, it's uh, something that's very important. And, and um, yeah. Do you think it's it's when you, if we if we put the spotlight on the potential employer, the one who's going to be handling this, you know, contract or this consultant, are they doing this sometimes out of ignorance because they don't know any better the the employment law, or they're doing it because they're trying to wash their hands of any sort of responsibility if it comes down to the fact that they need to let somebody go, or is it both? Yeah. That, that's great. I mean, it's a flip of the coin. Honestly, a lot of the times I've actually contacted employers and they were just like, "Well, I, I don't." I've never heard of this. And I'm like, well, you know, go get legal advice and you'll, you'll find that invariably that this is actually the case. And, and so, I mean, sometimes it's an employer trying to skirt their obligations. I mean, at the end of the day, it's all about the bottom line. Sometimes mm -hmm. it, it, it is just, and you'd be surprised. It's not just small companies that don't know this. It's larger companies. I mean, a lot of them wouldn't figure this out unless they were challenged. Um, and, and, you know, it takes one employee to challenge them and then maybe they fix their practice or, or, or they don't. Um, who, who knows? But no, it, it's not always um, deliberate and it's not always ignorance. It's, it's a mix of the two, I find. And, and so if your does, employer does tell you something, I think call in. Yeah. Does, does it make a difference, Darren, if, you know, maybe the, uh, the owner or the person who's running the club, the manager, boss, whatever, is say, a buddy with someone coming into work for them? It's like, well, we hear what you're saying, Darren, but, you know, we're pals. We kind of both did a high five. We, hand, we, we decided to handshake on this deal that I'm a contractor. So, the, you know, the law doesn't need to, to meddle with us because we both agreed to it. Does that make a difference? I no. I mean, in fact, if you don't have a formalized agreement, and, and but there's an, an understanding, um, or if there's evidence of, for example, shares or something being granted, or a promise of shares being granted, um, you know, you're almost in a better situation there. Really, really, at the end of the day, for employees, what an employment contract gives you is uh, constraints on your rights. Um, you know, the the most free employees, the ones who have the most amount of rights, are the ones who come in without a contract. Is there difficulties that come with that? Sure, there can be as to what the exact terms were, what your compensation was or whatnot. But typically you'll have, you know, I've had that in the past where people had, you know, commission agreements and you can just look back and see what they've been paid and how they've been paid. And you can kind of sort things out that way. Yeah, it's interesting because most people would feel very uncomfortable just starting a job in a handshake, whereas the guy next to them got you know thirty-five page contract. They want that, but that's that's counterintuitive when it comes to this. You, you don't really want that, do you? No, no, not not at all. And and I mean that that kind of leads into you know what what our next topic was was going to be. Mm -hmm. We were talking about which is the you know what do I do? And and I mean this is a good segue into that a thirty-five page contract. If I have an employee who comes to me with that and they say you know do I have anything anything to worry about here without even reading it? If you have a thirty-five page contract, unless you're in an executive position or a really specialized position, you probably do. There's probably a lot in there that limits you because thirty-five pages that's a lot of room to limit your rights. 
rates. Um, you know, and, and yeah. I mean, it, that is a large part of what I do. We do deal with severance a lot. Uh, that is the, you know, the, the, you know, the lion's share of my job. Um, but I do have employees, especially ones who have gotten, you know, burned by contracts before. And I, I tell them every time I say, you know, someone comes in and says, listen, I was terminated. I got this uh, employment contract. And I may say, well, you're limited in the amount of severance you can get when you get your next job. Um, you know, send me your contract if you have one. I'm happy to take a look over it. And we do a contract review. I give them tips. Uh, I can help them negotiate um, either my, through myself or, or give them tips on how to negotiate with their employer themselves and kind of explain the contract to them. So when they're going into a job, uh, they have an understanding of what the document is. There may be certain you know, rights in there they want, and that's fine. But I think, you know, every employee should understand that. With every contract, there's a, you know, it's like a double-edged sword. There's things in there that are mm -hmm. going to help you, and there are probably things in there. That's right. You can call now. you got lots of time still for the rest of the show. Toll-free, 1-877-399-9898. Email help at employmentlawyer.ca. And any time beyond that, you want to get a hold of Darren and his crew. He's got a good team uh, with him to help you as well. one 855 821 5,900 is how you uh, how you do that. Okay, what you do for as a lawyer, and is it beyond terminations you deal with, Laren? I'm going to throw these out at you, and you can expand on them. In addition to all the good stuff you do, you help people get everything they're owed if terminated. That You can't, you can't underline that enough times to tell you how important that is, right? Oh, no, definitely not. I mean, a lot of people think with, um, with severance and, and with uh, your termination package that, that you're given, you just get your wage or you just get your salary. Um, it's not that simple. Like, like we talked about earlier, you can get things such as if you're promised shares, options, um, if there are perks or benefits that you get, say you've been getting your personal cell phone paid for, say you've been getting um, you know, a company car, these are all expenses that you're potentially able to get throughout the notice period. Um, everything changes with, you know, the, one thing I've learned doing this job is that there are um, varied compensation packages out there, you know, as many stars as there are on the sky. Um, each one is unique. Um, and, and, you know, I, I look at them sometimes and I think, well, you know, you, you've been getting this benefit from your employer. Technically, you're entitled to it. And, and we, you know, we, we pursue those. There are new ones popping up all the time. Um, I, I think with, with COVID and with the companies that are, you know, maybe cash, cash poor or whatnot now, a little cash shy, um, they've been giving things out like stock options, um, you know, perks within the company, things like that. For example, you know, one thing that someone didn't think is, is they got a staff discount. You know, and, and they were thinking, well, you know, this, this has been, it was for a vitamin store and they were, they were thinking, well, this has been really helpful. She's elderly. She buys a lot of vitamins, uh, you know, to keep herself healthy and, and strong. And she's saying, well, this has been a huge help for me. And, and, and I want this. I want to keep this. And, and we, I negotiated a package which included a, uh, continuing staff discount until, you know, basically, when those owners sold the store, if, if they ever did. And if not, then it would continue in perpetuity. I mean, that's a huge benefit to her. Um, you know, it's a benefit to the employer, too. They have a, a loyal customer now, a former employee turned, turned loyal customer. Um, you know, so there's a lot of stuff that we can do. There's a lot of um, things that can comprise a compensation package when we look at stuff like this. Yeah, you've often said it's, you know, it's got to cover all components of your compensation for the uh, the notice date. So say for, you know, an example, 12 months is, is your severance. Your, your notice time is 12 months. That's what you're owed. So in six months from now, 
you would have been owed a bonus. Maybe you're in sales. Maybe it's just a yearly thing you'd be getting for every year. And the employer yeah. might say, well, you know what? You're gone. You're, you're, you're not here in six months. You, we've let you go. That doesn't matter. They, that, that, they, they would or sometimes would have to cover that, right? Because it's part of the 12-month going forward, yeah? If they had still yeah. been working. Yeah, the, the the way that we we look at this is absent um just like you know very specific wording in a contract if you're entitled to something during your notice period so like you said we use the the 12 month option let's say you get terminated in January 1st of 2024 and you get mm. a bonus paid out in July of January 2024 and you've got a 12 month notice period um you're entitled to that as part of your severance package it, it, the way you, the way you look at a package is Every, you get everything you would have had you continued working throughout that 12 months. So whatever it is, uh, bonuses, perks, um, you know, th and, and anything that, 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 that relates to your compensation package. If you would have gotten it over those 12 months, we will have, we will get it for you during, you know, in your severance package. Again, guys, uh, toll free to call in now and ask us some questions as we're live here. Darren's ready to go. One eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight. You know, we we kind of you you mentioned as well in your uh, your opening statement there about this topic that you know a company car might be something that you get. So if they actually take the physical car back, saying you know the next guy needs it, again what the worth of that car would be your compensation. Yeah, so if the car costs five hundred bucks a month, that has to be added into your severance period. Yeah. Yeah, and and usually what they'll they'll do is is and this is where sometimes contracts come in handy is right. and or or at least agreements when you're looking at some type of compensation they'll say we'll give you um you know five hundred dollars or a company car and uh, so we can we can value that at about five hundred dollars a month for example and and that is something we can use to get compensation um for you because in in those cases you may not you know you you don't have a you don't have a car now especially if you were able to use i mean this is this is relevant where you were able to use that car for personal use because yes. now you've been saving 500 bucks a month and and that is compensation that that's uh, that's compensation to you you've saved yourself that that a month by using a company car now that's gone you're going to be uh, you know arguably put to that extra expense um similarly if you were getting reimbursed for uh your cell phone personal cell phone uh you were you were using it extra or sorry a work cell phone and you you didn't mm -hmm. need a personal cell phone cuz you could use it for for work purposes, um, you know, that is compensation, again, that I would say is part of your wages and your owed compensation for um, under I, your severance. I'd I, I take it even one step further. I think both you and Lior have talked about this in the past. I mean, someone, if you take a, for a specific example, you look at someone who's a landlord of an apartment building. I mean, they're, they get not as much pay, but they quite often get a unit to stay in. All of a sudden, if you've been fired for the landlord, you're, for all intents and purposes, homeless. So, I mean, whatever the cost of that unit that you've been getting as part of your package, that's got to be compensated for as well, whether it's two grand a month or whatever it was that you would have been paying had you had to cough up for that apartment that you were staying in, right? Well, that's exactly, yeah, that, 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 is, that is very true. And, and I mean, that comes up, especially now with all the development going on around yep. the city and around Vancouver mm -hmm. and BC and I think in general, um, you know, this is coming more and more. People in older buildings, landlords who've been there for years getting rent subsidized are now thrust into a market that's so much higher. And, and I mean, arguably, when you look at these individuals, when you talk to them, they say, well, listen, I only got 500 bucks or something. Let's just say 500 bucks a month cash as my pay, but I was saving $2,500 in rent a month. Well, I mean, it's, it's hard to argue that's not compensation. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, you've saved yourself $2,500 and you're working for that, right? The, the, the biggest thing to look at is, did you work for whatever you're getting? And they're, yeah. they're giving you this in exchange for the work. It's part of compensation. 
we will we will we will get that for you and again we're talking about things that darren can do if you think oh he just helps me get a bit of severance there's so much more that an employment lawyer like darren can help you with so you should be making that phone call um another one was navigating changes with their employment what would uh, what would that entail so uh, this is you know very very varied depending on you know who's calling in and, and uh you know what their specific work is but for example if you're getting um um a promotion and they're adding extra duties or if, you know, to, to your, to your job or they're just adding extra duties to your job without a promotion. What that means for someone's employment, what it means for someone's employment if they are having, uh, reporting relationships changed, what it means for someone if they're going to be now, um, you know, moving locations. If a company says, well, you know, you were based out of our Vancouver location. Now though, you know, we need you in Abbotsford. And so you're going to have to drive out to Abbotsford every day. Um, you know, it's, it's that, and that happens. It happens more often than people would think. Um, and, and it's cases like that where people will call and say, well, you know, do I have any recourse here? My employer is telling me I have to do this, um, you know, in order to stay employed. Is that true? And, and, you know, as in so many things with employment, the, the, um, answer is it depends. Uh, again, yeah. this is where a contract can really hurt you because if you have a contract, let's just say, for example, I mean, wording is always specific, so this is kind of just general, but if you have a contract that allows your employer to dictate where you work from um, without your agreement, in some cases, they can change where you work. Um, there are some you know, cases where any modification to an agreement has to uh, be in writing and both the parties have to agree. And in there, you may have some leverage to push back. Um, and again, if you don't have a contract at all, well, you know, then, then, then you're in business. Then you've been hired into a specific location. You've been working there for however long. And we would say that would be your location. So there's, there's a lot of kind of nuance that goes into this. And, and I mean, the issues people deal with are, um, you know, as, as, as like numerous, very, very numerous. Man, you, you, I mean, you've got to have both eyes open for sure. Again, you know, it all goes back to that contract, as you said. I mean, they might say, you know, it might be somewhere in page three saying, you know, we have the right to change your hours of work, your location. We can adjust your pay upon the hour, so on and so forth. So, yeah. you know, you, you keep telling people when you get that contract, look beyond the pay and how much holiday time you get. Those are simple. That's that's just <laughs> yeah. skimming the surface, right? That's not the stuff you need to know, man. There's so much more dangerous stuff in there, right? Oh, exactly. I mean, that, that, that is definitely stuff to look at and make sure, you know, that it accords with what you, with what you want. But, but I mean, once you've said, okay, the pay is fine and my vacation is, is what I expected it to be, you know, don't stop there. Read the rest of the, yeah. there is stuff lurking in these contracts. And, you know, some people won't realize it. I mean, people usually don't realize it until it's too late. Um, yeah. you know, and, and that can be a, a, a really big problem. It, it can lead to a situation where you may not get severance, you know, where you'll be forced to resign because the employer's making you do something that's legal, uh, such as move yeah. your location or change your hours of work. You go from a morning shift to a graveyard shift. Um, you know, you, gotcha. you gotta be aware of that. You bet you we're back at it. Thank you so much for sticking around. John Scholes here, employment lawyer, Darren Saul from San Fury to Mark and LLP, the most positively reviewed law firm in the country. Reach out anytime to Darren. Always ready to talk to you. He's got a great team working for him as well. one 821 5900 Help at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll get back to our topic of all the different ways that Darren can help you with your uh, employment law journey. It's, it's more than just looking at your severance. Believe me, there's lots more to it than that. And we'll return to it in just a moment. I want to get to Samantha on the line. Samantha's uh, called in and just been standing by. Hey, Samantha, how are you? Thank hey, you so I'm much. Hey, I'm not too bad yourself. 
good. We're uh, we're rocking and rolling. What uh, what's your question today? Okay, my question for you is okay. I'm on PWD. Okay, I don't know whether I'm not on that or not, but I volunteer myself, and I um, make a little bit of money. Okay, and um, cash based, and I'm wondering if why is it that the person that I'm volunteering for will not put money towards CPT retirement fund. So, Samantha, I think you said you were on PWD? Sir. Oh, sorry, you cut out there for a second. Sorry, you said you were on PWD, is that correct? I am, yes. I'm, okay. I am able to make $800 per month, right? Yep. Or I think that that's what it is. But anyways, long story short, I'm able to work. I'm on disability. But I volunteer my time, and I get cash stipend. Yep. And why is it that... Um, people such as myself or anybody, volunteers, why cannot that go towards um, CPP um, retirement fund? Oh, I think you, you, I mean, you have to talk to your employer about that. If you're volunteering for not for wages, if you're not employed, uh, there wouldn't be income tax coming off things. Um, and, and that's where CPPD and, and CPP and, and EI premiums come in. Um, you know, that, that would, I think that would be something you discuss with, um, with PWD, with, with the Provincial Disability Department. But, um, um, but I'm sorry to interrupt, but what if I was to go to head office? I, that? that, that might be your best bet. I mean, to okay. talk to you, you'd have to talk to your actual employer about the way that they pay you, the okay. manner in which so they pay you. Housing Society, right? Here in Vancouver. Yeah. And if I was to say, okay, I will work this day. And they take my um, stipend, for example. They put towards my CPP retirement. Would that work? I, I I don't know. You would have to talk to them and see whether they're willing or able to do that. We we don't really deal with with the government tax stuff like that. It's it's a very specific area. I, I think you you need to talk to your company and you need to talk to um, PWD to see how you can arrange that to be to be done. That there's a, that, that that's, it's it's not really that's not really an employment question so to speak it's more to deal with how your employer pays you which is more accounting and, and, and tax I, I think you'd have to speak to your employer um, and and kind of kind of go with that thanks thanks Samantha you can call us anytime thanks Samantha for uh, for chiming in uh, today you got some time as well to reach out to uh, to Darren one eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight. that's how you do it call into the radio station we are talking about all the different fantastic ways you help people every day pal and this one can be super confusing for people and that is you can help them review and understand even negotiate employment agreements that's even beginning of the job or if it's handed to them while they're already working right Oh yeah, very much, and and, and you know that that's a, actually the you know aside from severance, this is probably the biggest thing that I do, the right. the, the, the most frequent thing I do, which is uh, helping people go through those agreements. There's a lot of times where people are um, just starting out a new job, say in a new industry. Um, the big one I get, and and I'm I'm always happy to do this, is I've actually had groups of calls from new grads. Um, which is, I think is All great. Right. It, it, yeah, it's a lot of young people, and they're they're um, 
you know, uh, just graduating and then there is their first professional job or their first job in some cases, um, you know, lucky for them. Um, and, and they're like, well, I don't know what I'm reading here. I don't get this. Um, you know, can you help me? Uh, yeah, then definitely. That's something you should be looking at. There are always um, important things in your employment contract beyond just like we say, like we were saying, beyond your pay, your vacation and your benefits entitlements. There are things that people don't think will affect them. Location of work, hours of work. Um, you know, ability to take vacation, maybe working for someone else, restrictions on that, restrictions on what you can do after your employment relationship with this employer ends, irrespective of who ends it. I've had a couple where people say, well, you know, my employer fired me. And so I can go work for a competitor is not a problem. And I say, well, you got to read your contract because sometimes in these contracts, there are non-solicits. There are, are non-competition agreements, which, you know, I've seen ones that name specific competitors. You know, if you've got a really tight industry um, and they say, well, you work for A, you work for us, you can't go work for B, C and D now. Uh, mm -hmm. And that really limits people. And then they need to understand that so they know what they're going into their employment with. Um, and this, like you were saying, this, this kind of does, uh, this does come up with people who have been employed for short or long periods of time as well, whereas employers sometimes will just update their agreements. You know, they, they get burned or they, they just decide, okay, there's a new competitor who's come in the market or there's something we want to be aware of or we want to limit our liability here and we're going to give a new contract. If that happens, call. Um, you know, it, it's, it's important. Yeah, it's and I, I think that the one that's that's popping up more and more now for you, Darren, and, and everybody at the firm since, especially COVID, is you know employers are trying to slip in that you know we we have the right to put you on temporary layoff if the need arises, right? Another one you got to look out for, right? Yeah, very much so. I mean, that was a that was a popular thing that employers did during. Um, during COVID, and, and you know, for what it's worth, I understand from the from the employer's perspective, yep. you don't have work coming in from certain certain you know industries, travel industries, for example, that was completely shut down. Um, hard to continue to employ people, you know, and, and so some people were just put on a temporary layoff, um, and then were recalled after COVID. Um, and now employers are are wise to that, and what they're trying to do is put those clauses into all contracts now, which essentially allows them to lay you off for th up to thirteen weeks in BC. Um, yeah. without you being able to claim a termination from that. Uh, and, and it means you as the employee, I mean, you can still get EI during that period, but you're not getting your wage. If you're a single breadwinner household. Um, I've had people call in to say, well, I was laid off. I've got this term in my contract, but you know, I, I pay for my whole family. You know, my wife, I got two kids. What do I do? I can't live on EI. And, and I mean, it's a tough, tough situation. And so understanding that that is in your contract and, and what, what that, where that leaves you, or understanding if that's not in your contract, more importantly, and what your options are, that's very, very important. So you can, you can hit, you know, uh, the ground running if something like that does happen in your employment. Yeah, we did. We did mention as well the fact that if you're already working for somewhere, and you know, maybe the maybe the uh, the boss or your employers, you know, got some some quick legal advice that hey, you really got to get some contracts to these people before you run into some problems. Now, if you get that contract while you're employed, even if you sign it, don't get advice. You make that first mistake, but don't you have to get some sort of compensation just for signing it? Otherwise, there's a there's an argument that is not even valid. Well, as always, John, nail on the head right there. I mean, that, that, that's exactly it is you've got to get something. Uh, it it's, can be money. It can be a promotion. It can be a raise. Um, 
you know, it, you've got to get some kind of value that you wouldn't have otherwise gotten for signing that contract. It can't simply be, and I've seen this where employers say, well, sign this or you you lose your job. Um, yeah. You know, it, it, it's got to be something of value. It can't just be, we're going to continue to keep you employed. Um, it, it's got to be, you know, it can be 50 bucks, can be 250 bucks. Um, you know, but if you don't get anything and they simply ask you to sign your rights away, um, yeah, then we have the argument that that contract may not be enforceable and, and the changes may not apply to you moving forward. And I guess especially if you're, you know, if you're in the situation where it's, you know, you're, you're offered a contract midstream, there's undoubtedly that's not for your benefit. There's no way that's <laughs> going to be good news for you, right? No. And, and I always tell people this. They say, well, I got a great relationship with my, my employer treats me really well. They gave me extra vacation, this and that. And that's awesome. I love it when I hear that people being treated right by their employers. Um, you know, it's less work for me, but also it means people are, are secure in their jobs and they're having good lives, which is always great. But I can, I can tell you that, in, you know, the employer is not giving you a contract for your benefit. They're not going to be limiting their rights in that contract. They've done it to get lead. They've gotten legal advice and they're doing it to limit your rights in that contract. You bet we are back. It's so good to have you along on the, uh, the show tonight. Lots of stuff to get through uh, today. We've been talking about all the different ways that Darren can help you beyond just, you know, scratching, uh, doing some scribbles on a, a severance package. There's so much more to your employment life. You should be aware of again, the phone call anytime to Darren and his team, one 821 5900 You can have your own conversation or uh, write them, email them, help at employment lawyer. .ca. Here's another big one that you help people with, Darren, too, is responding to understanding the rights. If that employer is starting to build a case against you, like bad performance reviews or put you on performance improvement plans, that can also be a sign of things to come, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, that is the foreshadowing that no employee, I think, wants to see is, is your employer is starting to target you. Um, you know, sometimes warranted, you know, and, and if, sure. if that's the case, it's still important for employees to understand what their rights are in those situations, right? Sometimes there are reasons something went sour or something occurred and, and you know, you may get written up. But just because you're written up once doesn't mean the employer just gets to terminate you without paying you severance. Um, you know, like, like I tell people all the time, and I think I've said on previous shows, I think Leora said this as well, is, is, you know, it's, you can't just be terminated for being a bad employee. If you're bad, you're still owed severance. There mm-hmm. are situations where an employer can start to build a case for performance against you. Um, if they have, for example, a progressive discipline policy in place, such as you get a uh, verbal warning, you get a written warning, you get another written warning, you get a final warning, and then you're terminated. Something along those lines. Something like that, that, like that is in place. They have to follow it. And if they don't follow it, you may be owed severance. Uh, you will wield severance, I think, in, in, in that case. Um, you know, if an employer just doesn't like you and they say, well, you know, you, you're not a, a good, good enough employee. I don't like the way you perform. I'm terminating you for cause, for just cause, and you don't get any severance because of this. No, can't do that. Um, you know, like I said, unless they have given you, taken the appropriate steps. Now, it's not just getting performance improvement plans. People got to understand that. It's not just getting a, a write-up saying, ah, you know, sorry, you're not good. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're not good. Here's your performance improvement. Do better. They have to, the employer's got to take some steps to help you. They've got to identify what you're doing wrong. They've got to identify ways to help you fix that, to help you do better. Um, they can't just keep saying, well, you're not doing a good enough job. Do better. And then leaving you, uh, and then writing you up continuously and firing you. That's not going to be sufficient.
If the employer starts doing that sort of thing, and especially it's, if it's a case where you don't agree with it, you think they're dead wrong, you should not just mm-hmm. sit back quietly and accept it. That's, that's, that is acceptance, being silent. You should, in writing, of course, outline why you disagree with what they're doing. And I mean, that could, you know, in the eventuality that they do try to let you go, you know, resting on what they've written before about your performance, this could be another arrow in your quiver to kind of save your bacon, or at least maybe get you some severance saying, hey, I told you way back when I didn't agree with this, and here's why I outlined why I thought you were wrong. You should do that, yeah? Oh, very much so, right? And and I, what I always counsel people to do is if, if that's the case, you know, feel free to give us a call, right? You can never call too early for stuff like that if you think that's coming mm-hmm. down the pipe or if that's happened to you, give us a call, send us copies of let us see it, let us talk to you about it, understand more about the situation. But you know, what you should usually do is write back, tell them why you disagree, ask them for help. You know, if it is a situation where maybe you aren't performing up to expectations, tell the employer, say, well, you know, I, I disagree that I'm as bad as you're saying I am, but if you think I need to be better, great. Can you help me? What can you do to assist me to get there, to get to where you expect me to be? Put it back on the employer as well. Part of that is, you know, part of, part of being employed by someone is um, getting supported by them as well, by the employer. And and so you can put that back on them to a degree. Um you know, that, that's a way to shield yourself as well if this ends up going south later on to show that you were making active efforts to try to fix the problem. And again, you still have plenty of time here to call in and ask us these questions live for the remaining minutes of the show here, toll free, one 9898 Here's one that uh, people are, have, have trouble navigating, and that is you can help as well when understanding when it comes to, uh, you know, maybe returning from a medical leave or a parental leave for that matter, because that's, that's also where the employer sometimes stumbles too, yeah? Yeah, oh, oh, a hundred percent. I mean, you know, in, 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 you know, employers stumble in that regard kind of all the time. It, it, it happens, you know, just, just like the employees, they are people as well, right? They, mm. they are people as, as well. And, and I mean, one of the biggest areas I see, um, you know, both employers and employees stumble really is, is with, um, Medical leaves, things like medical leaves, uh, or even bullying and harassment, workplace harassment and whatnot. Um, these are situations that are, you know, thankfully not, you know, encountered by employees or employers on a daily basis, you know, th- thankfully. Um, and when they do come around, typically both parties are kind of at a loss what to do. And, and, you know, I, I tell employees, I mean, I act primarily for employees. And, and what I tell them is if something like that comes up, if you need to be on a medical leave, if someone is bullying and harassing you, tell your employer. You know, if it's yeah. a medical issue, get a note, get a doctor's note, give it into your employer. Your doctor will determine how long you're off for. If it's a bullying and harassment or if you're experiencing discrimination in the workplace, let your employer know in writing. Now, there are situations where it's more difficult, where your employer, someone higher up in the company and management owners perhaps are the one perpetrating that. Bit of a different situation there, especially because a lot of companies don't have HR departments. Reach out to us. Right. If you're experiencing stuff like this, um, reach out to us for clarification. I, I've honestly had employers reach out to us and say, listen, I've, I've, you know, an employee's come to me with this. What, what do I do? Like, this is a weird situation for us. I don't know how to deal with this. Uh-huh. What do I do? And that's always great. Uh, it's when it comes to medical leaves, it's one thing. Parental leave, I mean, that's, they really got to tread cautiously on that one, right? Coming back from a mat leave or otherwise. Yeah. I mean, the, the safest thing there for an employer is to do nothing. 
If someone is on a parental leave, whether it's maternity or paternity leave, um, do nothing. Bring that person back, put them into the, install them into their old position, um, or, or a comparable permission, uh, position if, if that, uh, old position is not available for whatever reason, restructuring yeah. or, or things like that. You know, don't do what I've seen before, which is, um, as someone's saying, well, I'm ready to come back from my, uh, maternity leave, and they say, yeah, we don't really want you back. <laughs> um, you know, we're just we we filled your position and we don't need you anymore. Um, you know that that is a no no. You, you're obligated under um, under legislation under statute to keep that person's job to at least put them into a, a comparable job. You have to put them back into some kind of a position. Um, yeah. You can't just uh, or to say, well, you know what, you you need to put in sixty hours for this job. I've I've actually seen this. You need to put in you know fifty five to sixty five hours for this job a week. You've got a new baby. You're not going to be able to do this. It's not going to work out. Um, you know, probably the worst thing you can put in writing, and yet it happens. Um, so if that happens, I mean, you you call us. How about we're coming back from that uh, medical leave and it's like you need some accommodation. It could be as simple as, you know, uh, a chair you need or only being able to lift a, a certain amount of weight and you're getting some static back from your employer. How about uh, can you help in that regard too? Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we see that, um, you know, a couple times a month, at least there are people who go on medical leaves for one reason or another, come back and sometimes they need temporary accommodations such as, yeah, you know, light work if they're in a physical profession, perhaps being transferred to a desk job or perhaps you know, a sitting standing desk is a common one nowadays because they have problems sitting or standing for too long. Um, your employer is required to accommodate those uh, medical needs up to the point of undue hardship. And the easiest way to kind of look at that, it's a bit of a nuanced analysis for each different case, but kind of the the broad brushstroke of that is, do they have to expend thousands of dollars or hundreds of right. tens of thousands of dollars, right? Do they have to hire someone else to help you with your job? That probably won't work. Do they have to spend, you know, $100,000 on someone else's salary or on outfitting their office? Yeah, that's probably not going to happen. Um, but do they have to, you know, give you three more breaks during the day, micro breaks to help you pace yourself. Well, that, that, that's, that's not a problem at all. If you're working remotely or if you're, if you can work remotely, do they have to let you work remotely? Arguably, yes. Um, you know, they have to accommodate you within reason. Um, and that is something that you have a right to as an employee um, and an obligation to do as an employer. We'll get to the last one here. We've got about a minute to go, so we'll wrap up with this one. Understanding discrimination in the workplace, bullying, harassment, dealing with that as well, right? Because sometimes it's a little intimidating to go right to the boss, especially, Darren, if they're the one doing the harassing, yeah? Oh, yeah, very much so. I mean, it, it can be a, a sticky situation, especially when you got not colleagues doing it, but someone in a position of authority, uh, a manager, an owner of a company or whatnot. If there's an HR department, that's great. There's been situations where HR has been the perpetrators of the discrimination. Um, you know, these are all very difficult situations. And if you're in that situation where you can't go to someone in your company that you can trust or that you can get representation from, that's where I come in. If you, I've had ones where people have had HR or owners discriminating against them and they come to me, I represent them in those situations and I, I'm, I'm their voice to, to stand between them and the company. And with that, we are done for the, uh, the day. You can reach out now to Darren and his team. No problem. Here's that number going forward for you, one 821 5900 Email you can use, help at employmentlawyer.ca. And as I mentioned several times during the show, the free and anonymous website, it's a beauty. And it's a, a first place you should go, actually, if you have any questions, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We'll catch you next week right here on the Employment Law Show.